0: Welcome to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. I'm Philip Weigel, here with my brother, John Michael. Together, we set out to create a better program that can bridge the gap
1: between gyms and help more athletes improve their fitness. Each week, we ask ourselves, what can we do better? And we challenge each of you to do the same. Our mission is to share our knowledge from our nearly two decades of experience as CrossFit athletes and coaches to help you approach each day's training with more purpose. Ah.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back. We are getting ready to lay out the next week for you. So this is going to be Monday, uh, May 13th, and then Tuesday the 14th, and Wednesday the 15th. So to begin the week, Monday, we're doing a four-round workout. We've got a couple movements in it. It's going to be 10 power clean and jerks um, at a relatively light weight, being 95 pounds for guys, 65 pounds for the ladies. 15 pull-ups, and then 20 dumbbell box step-ups. Um, we're going to use a single dumbbell, just like we did in the 2019 Open, and we're going to have to alternate our legs uh, for each rep. And I know we've been over how to do the uh, transition when you're just touching going off the floor, and that's what we recommend here because it's faster and smoother. Um, so four rounds for time of 10 power clean and jerks, 15 pull-ups and 20 box step-ups. There's really, uh, this is this is a
1: quicker kind of paced workout, isn't it, John Michael? Yeah, I think uh, for the most part, we're revisiting that dumbbell box step-up for the first time since the Open with that same standard. Um, and that is going to be the part of the workout where, I don't want to call it rest, but the part of the workout where you get to slow down. Um, that is as fast as you can go in that, which is just kind of a consistent pace. Um, and then as far as the power clean and jerks and the pull-ups, um, it's written at a lightweight because I'd love to see people try to do some touch and go. I definitely think it's doable, um, and hopefully the pull-ups can be done in maybe one or two sets. Uh, I think this one is going to be kind of a quick pace. Uh, you're going to be moving from one thing to the next pretty quickly. My best suggestion is on the dumbbell box step-up, try to get your breath back that's going to be the one where you guys really get to open up the chest and you get to get the head up and breathe. So try to bring that breath back onto you before you get into that next round.
0: Yeah, um, definitely recover on the box because you can waste a lot of time by staring at a barbell that's sitting on the ground. Mm -hmm. So once you get to the barbell, you need to move it pretty continuously and then try to keep the pull-up brakes to a minimum. Um, I know there's different ways to carry that dumbbell on your shoulder or on your back um, or, or, well... You can hold it. Yeah, you could hold it wherever you wanted for the open. So I would definitely try to put it somewhere where you can relax your grip because the power clean and jerk is going to be a little intensive on the grip. The pull-ups are definitely going to work the grip. So if you can get the dumbbell to be a less held object, to be something that kind of just holds itself, Um, like I know you and I both kind of just draped it over a shoulder. Yeah, I would say put it on the
1: shoulder. Um, I think that works the best. Definitely I'd say keep one hand on it. Um, In the open, I didn't keep one hand on it, but I'm going to keep one hand on it for this workout because um, I don't want it to fall off my back. Uh, So keep one hand on it just so that it doesn't loose and just so that you know where it's at. Um, And by all means, feel free to switch from one shoulder to the other. It's not meant to be a shoulder-intensive movement, so feel free to just let it drape over the shoulder. Keep a hand on it. Kind of hold it there. Make sure it doesn't fall off, but switch it from shoulder to shoulder so that you don't end up getting um, lopsided on one shoulder if you put it across the arm.
0: Yeah, well, we've got four rounds, so yep. maybe just alternate your rounds. Yep. One last thing about that dumbbell, do not drop it off your shoulder. You need to be controlling your dumbbell back to the ground.
1: Yes. Yeah, right? We can't
0: have good functional equipment in our gyms if people are going to destroy it. And yes, I understand the dumbbells are largely rubber-coated, but they're not rubber-coated to be dropped incessantly. They're rubber-coated so that if they do accidentally get dropped, they can handle that damage a little bit better. Yeah. Um. So please set the dumbbells down. Be responsible
1: with them. Yeah. I think also don't drop it off the box. Um, especially, I saw that during the open. No, don't drop it at all. Don't drop it off that box. Because um, then the heads rotate and then yeah, we gotta get into dumbbells. So uh, following that, we have a partnered postwad. It is going to be four rounds, alternating Tabata. Uh, this one's a little a little more confusing, but it's eight minutes of total time. So it's four round alternating Tabata, eight minutes of total time. Hollow hold a plank jack, a v-up and a flutter kick. So,
0: it's it's not I mean, I don't I don't think it's confusing. Yeah, it's we just We wrote
1: it. Of course, I don't think it's confusing. Well, yeah.
0: But you're doing 20 seconds of work on a movement and then you're going to take a 10 second break and then you're going to switch to the next movement. So, it's going to be 20 seconds of hollow hold, 10 second rest. 20 seconds doing plank jacks, 10 second rest. 20 seconds doing v-ups, 10 second rest. 20 seconds doing flutter kicks, 10-second rest, and that's one round completed. That took two minutes, so you're going to go back to the beginning and start with the hollow hold again, then plank jack, then V-up, then flutter kick. So you're just going through four rounds of 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off with each movement down the list. Um, It's not full Tabatas, because if we did full Tabatas, there would be eight rounds uh, to do of each movement, so we're only doing four, but you you should feel like your core is getting pretty well worked in that time frame. Alright, that's it for Monday On to Tuesday. We're going to start off with some strength work. We're overhead squatting. We are going to work up to a single for, uh, for where we are right now in terms of our strength and our ability and then we're going to work our way back down to sets of five. So we're going a set of five, two sets of three, two singles, and then two sets of three, and a set of five again. So obviously the fives are going to be lighter on the ends. The threes will start to build up weight. Those two singles, we want you to hit something reasonably heavy. I'd say over ninety percent of your one rep max. Maybe even trying to hit your previous one rep max. Uh, but we're not really intending this to be the full max out day. That's coming. Um, that's coming at the beginning of next month. At the beginning of uh, June. Yeah, June's after May. Yep. Um, so lift heavy. Lift responsibly. We're going every 90 seconds, so there's not a ton of extra rest time in this, but there's enough rest time to change weights, to reset, and then get ready to lift again. In those two singles in the middle, we want you to lift heavy, but we want you to lift successfully. So you don't need to shoot for a PR. You need to you need to shoot for a very heavy lift that you think you're going to control quite well.
1: Yeah, this is a great way, the structure is a great way to taper in and out of that heavy lift. Um, so my suggestion is, on the way into the ones, it's not... The first five and the first two threes are not going to be the heaviest. Um, but on the way out of the ones, those second two threes and fives, um, on that, you can get a little bit heavier. You just finish the one, you have a little more weight on your bar. Um, and as you work your way out, I'd say try to go a little heavier on that back side than on the front side. Yeah. It's just a natural way to taper you guys in to get you guys warmed up, hit that heavy rep, and then work your way out. Um, but... As always, make sure that you guys are focusing on uh, position over weight. So make sure that you guys are focusing on that overhead squat position, trying to dial that in um, rather than throwing on monstrous weights.
0: Yep, after that strength work, the workout's going to be a chipper, uh, a fast chipper, though. It's four-time, starts with 100 double-unders, transitioning right into 50 bar-facing burpees, 25 deadlifts prescribed at 275 and 185, and then lastly a one-kilometer row. Yeah.
1: Oh, this one's going to be nasty. Um, to start scaling the double unders, um, I would say we should just scale with uh, a minute of work at the front of it, or 90 seconds of work at the front of it.
0: Um, at least 90 seconds. Uh, okay. well, we're it's, we're gonna leave a two-minute window there. Okay. Yeah. Because because it's we want people to to try to get through 100 double unders in in the time frame. But if if that's not quite gonna happen, then cap yourself at two minutes or set a reasonable number that you think you can do in two minutes. Um, this is this is a place where double unders should be done by more people. It's not we're not tired yet, right? It's the first thing in the workout, so yeah. you can't use the excuse of of things aren't working because you're too tired. It's not happened yet. Right, So these double-unders are very accessible, try to do some of them, um, try to do what you can and if, if you find yourself not able to put reasonable sets together, we know what the solution is. It's just working on double-unders. You have to get a rope in your hands outside of class to get better at this movement. Um, there's, just, there's just no way that we can program to everyone's ability level and make you guys do them frequently enough to, to get proficient with them. You have to pursue double-unders on your own if you want those to be under your belt. Yep. Um,
1: Following those double-unders, the 50-bar facing burpees. Pace, pace, pace. Yeah, we've done a lot of burpee workouts. Um, We just did that nasty benchmark uh, where you get get chased out by the power cleans, the death by power clean amidst the 100 burpees. So you guys know pretty well what burpee pace looks like, what moving fast looks like, what dying off looks like. My suggestion is pick a pace that, yes, is quick, but no, it's not sprinting. Um, If you sprint through those burpees, I think that 275 deadlift and on the 1K row is just going to be a nasty shock. But if you guys can hold a pace through those burpees, move quick, um, move consistently, always consistently back down for one more rep. I think that you guys will get through the burpees and you'll have enough in the tank that the deadlifts aren't going to be crazy hard. Um, And then we can just empty everything we got when we get to the row. Yeah, that
0: row is going to be uncomfortable. Um, Because the deadlifts apply to a lot of the same muscles that we're going to use while rowing. Um, This is definitely going to favor somebody who understands their pacing, their stroke rate, and their technique. Because you'll be able to consistently apply more force if you're efficient with the application of your force. Um, So good rowing technique being that the legs drive, the body begins to lean at the hip, and then the arms do a tiny bit of a pull to the finish. You want to feel like you owned this row. Um, and the row, really, in my opinion, is the workout. You're going to see a lot of people go, like Joe Michael said, a little bit too fast through burpees and deadlifts and then end up on that rower and not be able to hold a steady pace. Um, so I would really try to get in there. For me, personally, I think I'm going to be looking at doing right around my 5K pace on the rower um, because I know that's something I can do when I'm significantly tired because the last... The last 1,000 meters of that 5K, I'm not fresh anymore. Yep. Um, so my 5K pace is probably what I'm going to shoot for. Uh, we did that definitely at the end of last year. So if you still remember what those kind of numbers are, that's kind of where I'd
1: hang out. Something yeah. that's sustainable but still strong. I think, um, and going back to the deadlift, those 25 deadlifts, 275, 185 is a little bit heavier of a barbell. And if you guys are scaling that, my suggestion is we should be holding, I'd say, probably sets of 5 um, I don't think it's a bad idea to do small sets on this. Uh, quick sets, take your rest, come back to the bar, do another quick set, because I do think doing a, a huge set might burn you out a little bit too much for that row. Um, and I don't think a quick set's a bad idea, but make sure you guys don't go too heavy. I know it's a heavier bar, but it, just, it has to be manageable. Um, if you guys end up going too heavy to where you're doing singles, uh, I think that's just going to really wear on you. And we do want the time frame to be, like Phil said, it's more of a sprint chipper style where no movement really is stopping you in this chipper. You're moving through them pretty consistently, and then you're just pounding that row at the end.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing... This workout, I think, can be done very close to 10 minutes. Yep. I, I think we might see some people under 10 minutes, not a lot. I want I want to hope that people can get it done in less than 15 minutes. Yeah. If not, then I think we
1: did something wrong. I was going to say under 14. I think uh I think it's definitely doable to get it under... Under that. But, um, yep, like we talked about, it's that row. So make sure you guys give um, everything you got left for that row. Um, following that, on Wednesday, we're gonna start off with some skill. It is 16 minutes on the minute. We're gonna do five to 10 high quality ring row and five to 10 strict handstand push up. So we are going to be, my I bad, I should have said alternating on the minute. Yeah. 16 minute alternating on the minute. Um, so one minute you guys are doing those high quality ring rows. One minute you guys are doing those strict handstand push-ups. Uh, this is just a classic pull and push. Um, for the ring rows, by high quality, what we're talking about is we want to see you guys do um, a ring row to the best of your ability. So if it means that you guys are lower in that rep range, if you guys are doing five high-quality ring rows, over the course of uh, doing eight rounds of that, it, it's going to get pretty nasty. A good ring row is is not um, is not as easy as you might think.
0: No, it's not fast, nope. and it's, it's not... It doesn't have any snappiness to it, is one way to look at it. You shouldn't be changing the angle of your spine at all. You should be slowly pulling the rings into your body. So it's, it's a very isolative movement, and as a result, it, it's a great way to start to understand the mechanics that we need to act on a pull-up bar with when we're doing good pull-ups, or especially chest-to-bar pull-ups. Um, so slow your ring rows down, focus on being in a hollow, always, and not letting that hollow go away at any point and then pulling the rings into the body.
1: Yeah, I think we should lay out the ring row real quick, just a little bit so that people understand. Um, I want you guys to try to keep the hands uh, in a neutral grip. So what I mean by that is I just want the, if you guys take your thumbs and point them out, I want them to point towards each other. So I want the rings to not be running along your body, but against, like a pull-up bar would. Um, As you guys are pulling those rings into the body, as Phil said, We're looking for lat engagement. So we actually want you guys to take those rings and we pull them to the bottom of, we'll say like the sports brawl line or the bottom of the pecs um, as we pull down into the body. Uh, I think one of the biggest things we see with ring rows is people turn the rings, they run them parallel with their body, they pull them right into the shoulder, and they pump their chest out while they do it. They try to throw their chest up through the rings. We want to see you guys minimize that and actually pull the rings down to the bottom of the pec and stay as tight as you can. And that's gonna be a great way to understand lat engagement. Um, And the the good thing about it is no matter how strong you are, you guys can understand lat engagement. We just walk the feet back a little bit um, and we can still understand that same lat engagement, just working a little bit differently against gravity because we can put a little more load through the legs. So on those ring rows, we're really gonna stress high quality. I'd rather see less reps with high quality than more reps where the quality slips. Um, Same thing really goes for the strict
0: handstand push up. Yep. Um, make it difficult for yourself so that you really can't do 10 repetitions. There are a very small handful of people who can effectively bang out sets of 10 on strict handstand push ups um, in either of our gyms. And are they going to do it for a full eight rounds? Maybe. Um, but hopefully, only if they're holding good quality to their positions. This isn't about exhausting yourself and just cranking through more handstand push-ups. It's about trying to stay organized and do them well. Uh, Make sure when you're doing these handstand push-ups, you're only hitting the top of your head on the floor or on the pad. Um, we We shouldn't be looking at the floor. We shouldn't be touching our forehead It really should be that top point on the head
1: uh, while you look straight across the room away from the wall that you're leaning up against. Yep, as well as keep the butt off the wall. Mm. Um, Part of holding that good position means that our hips are not sinking towards the wall. We have glute engagement, we have ab engagement, which is actually going to pull our hips in line with our spine, um, and it's not going to sink away. So on those strict handstand push-ups, yep, quality once again. This this skill is all about quality. Um, Following that, our workout is... Two rounds for time. The workout begins with a 400 meter run, so you guys are gonna run a 400, and then you have 16 thrusters, written at 95 pounds for guys, 65 for gals, 14 toes to bar, and then 12 power snatch. Um, Once you guys complete the 16, 14, and 12, you will run another 400, and then you will come back in, you'll do the second round, and then it ends with a 400. So this workout bookends with 400, and there's a 400 in the middle of the two rounds. Mhm. Um, thrusters, 95 pounds
0: It's going to be uncomfortable for, for most people um, I think we're going to see a lot of people break it I would say only put one rest break in there This is something we programmed to definitely be uh, doable, unbroken So if you do need to break it, you shouldn't need to break it more than once Toes to bar, um, chip away at them Quick little sets are okay It's just not a lot of rest time can be afforded Between actually getting up on the bar and then lastly, those power snatches, I'd say it's the same boat as the thrusters. Yep. Where if you're taking a break, one break at most, right? We should be trying to hold on and really toss that bar around because you know you're going to rest your grip for a little bit when you finish the 12 power snatches because you got to go for a run before you come in and you start round two. Yeah, this one's
1: going to be an interesting one. We've been running recently, um, but we haven't done... Oh, I guess we did do... We did it more of a sprint style. Um, But this one's gonna be interesting because when you guys get into the gym, the work is pretty quick. We want you guys to get in, get back out, which means on the run, you're gonna have to use it to collect yourself. I know oftentimes I have a problem with that when I get on my run, it seems like that is the hardest work. So make sure on that run, you guys are bringing the breath back down. You guys are kind of just pacing yourself on that run, get back in the gym. And then when you guys take off on that final run, I think that's where you put the pedal to the metal. We finished those two rounds on our last run everything you guys got left, push that 400, um, and come in the gym kind of trying to leave everything out there. Yep, yep, because that's the end of the wad,
0: And that is the end of our first three days of the week. So stop back in Wednesday morning, and you will catch us for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And
1: we'll wrap up the week and move on into another one. Yep, awesome. Thank you, guys. Make sure that you guys um, rate and review. Uh, We love feedback, so anything that you guys can tell us would help. Um, And if you guys like the podcast, just make sure you guys rate it. I think right now we have 11 listeners. 11? Yeah. That's more than double, isn't it? We have a 5.0 rating. That's pretty good. 11 listeners. Wow. Thank you, 11 listeners, for listening. Um, This has been another Weekly Walkthrough Part A, so we'll see you guys on Wednesday. Yep. See you guys in the gyms. Gym.